Ludlow, and welcome to episode 159 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charlotte. And this week, we are going to be talking about a topic that we had mentioned a few weeks ago and asked all of you guys about. What is it that keeps you going to the same Disney destination over and over and over and over again and not branching out and exploring other Disney destinations? So we asked you guys, you responded. We're going to be talking about some of your answers um, and, you know, whether or not we agree with them or we think maybe you might need, you know, might want to push yourself a little bit to experience some other things. That's what um, we're here for push That's you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's right. We're going to shove you out of that Disney bubble. Um, actually, that's not true. We like the Disney bubble. We just want to expand your Disney bubble. <laughs> we want to make your Disney bubble larger because um, there's so much more to see. There's so many more Disney products and so many more Disney destinations um, that are really incredible. So, but up first, we have some news. Heather, I'm gonna. Why don't you talk about the Grand California news? Because I know you're super excited about it. <laughs> I am super. I don't know what is wrong with me that this made me excited, but it um, it came out last week that because they are opening or did just recently open the new spa, they have a new fitness director at the Tanea Spa at the Grand Californian Hotel, um, and she has put together a whole list of fitness classes that you can do when you're staying at one of the Disney resorts. So they're not free. They're for an additional cost but they look like so much fun so um they have yoga overlooking the um the park overlooking the grand cal um grand california california adventure in our super secret lookout spot they do morning yoga there so like not quite sunrise but you get to like watch the park come to life which i think is phenomenal they also have a hit boot camp through the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, which I don't know. I like to work out. And if I get to work out at Disney inside the park, that's just really exciting for me and makes it a little less painful. They're also doing um, power walking through the parks. They're doing a like a fun run through the parks. And these are all in the morning before the park is open. So you basically have the park to yourself. And the one that I'm most excited about is stand up paddle boarding in the pool. I knew that was going to be the one you were most excited about. I so saw you're it on the paddleboard doing yoga in the middle of the pool, and I just please take my money, Disney. I can't wait. I'm going now. I'm. I will go pay the nine hundred dollars a night so I can pay twenty dollars to do my paddleboard yoga. <laughs> they, it looks like so much fun. Had that um, walk, power walk through the parks before, but I've never done it, and I've always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, they do, well, now we're just going to have to plan a Disneyland trip else. so that we can do all these fun things. Because yeah. we need to report back to all of you. That's right. That's right. I, don't know, I feel like I most people don't enjoy working out. I do if it's the right kind of workout. But if you can make it less painful by like being in a Disney park and doing fun activities in your favorite place, all of a sudden it's not really working out. It's just cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh and I don't love working out. I'm one of those people that I don't love it. But even even I saw this list of classes and thought, okay, that really looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, come on, I, like even if you're not into hit workouts, you know, like the boot camp camp kind of workouts. So hit is high interval intensity training or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And so, but like even if you're not into that, but you get to do it at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, like using those obstacles while the kids aren't allowed to be there. Like, it's just fun. That's fun. That's so much better than being in the gym, jumping up on a box when you're doing yeah. it in the park, you know? Yeah. Anytime you get to be in the theme parks and when they're 
not open is amazing. Like that's just sort of a magical experience to be there when it's so peaceful and so quiet and so empty and so, you know, it's incredible. Uh, all right. So the other big news last week was the Disney wish has been delayed. Um, not terribly long, but just long enough to really mess up some people's plans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it messed up my plans a lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Heather's birthday, unfortunately, was spent <laughs> working. people's wish crews. And yeah. Didn't... Moving people's wish cruises instead of, you know, relaxing like she should have been. But um, so the, the new inaugural is now in July. If you were booked on the inaugural, this is old news to you already. I'm sure you've already heard or you should have. Um, if you were booked on the inaugural, you have simply been what they call lifted and shifted and dropped onto the new inaugural. Um, if that new date doesn't work for you, then you get sort of a variety of things. Um, I don't know if one of you, I don't, I don't actually know all the details because I don't book travel anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to try not to sound too gleeful about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were on one of the canceled sailings of the wish, and only if you were on one of the canceled sailings, um, you are entitled to a 50% discount on your next cruise. So just imagine that you booked this cruise on the wish and it probably cost you $8,000 because it was so expensive when it first came out. You can now book on any other ship, doesn't have to be the wish, any sale date through December 31st of 2023 and it's 50% off. It's a I mean, good deal. That's amazing. And then if you decide or you can't use up that whole discount because they're going to hold your money whatever you've paid for your cruise they're just going to move it over to the next one and if there's anything left over your new cruise isn't that expensive you now have extra money they're going to give it to you as onboard credit so you can use it to spend when you're there but what i found was really nice that they've never done before is um if you don't use all of that onboard spending credit they'll refund you after the cruise yeah so instead of losing the money, which is what they were doing, you know, with the pandemic, and if you took a future cruise credit, if you don't use it all, it's just kind of gone. Here, they'll give it back to you. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So That's you great. know, it kind of makes it a little bit less painful <laughs> with canceling of the cruise when you get all these nice little perks. Yeah. Uh, and as for why the ship was delayed, it's just due. I, it's the pandemic of it all. It's you know delays in the Meyerwerf shipyard where the ship was being built. Um, Omicron is peaking there. And so it's a combination of staffing issues and supply chain issues and, you know, just. Yeah, they just every... couldn't get it done in time, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, but six weeks, not so terrible. I actually, when I saw the announcement, I thought it was going to be longer than that. <laughs> I thought that might actually be, you know, uh, that didn't sound too bad at the end of it. Okay. The other big thing that changed last week um, and we're saying last week, because we're pre-recording this because we are going to be traveling over the next few weeks. So um, was mask mandates are changing in both Florida and California, kind of. <laughs> um, so statewide mask mandates are changing or being dropped, but then it go goes down to the county level. And so we don't know what this is going to mean yet for the Disney parks, basically. For right now, the indoor mask mandates stand. Um, particularly for Disneyland in California, we anticipate that the indoor mask mandate 
will continue for a while. Um, well, I can kind of speak to California and I don't even know the start date because it was announced yesterday and I was busy birthdaying and I just didn't care about the real world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do Nor know. Nor should you on your birthday. Right. Like, I don't care about your mask mandates. This is my, the one day where I can just tune it out. But California announced that later in February, they are going to do away with the indoor mask mandate. However, it is then up to county level, like you said, and Los Angeles has had stronger mask mandates than the rest of California um, in place for a very long time. Um, and they have their own policy. So where I live, where Universal Studios is, um, they have a stronger policy than the rest of California. And I don't foresee that changing when the rest of the, the state does. Um, they kind of have their own thing. But beyond that, it's up to the company. So just because there is no mask mandate in place by the government, that doesn't mean Disney Disneyland will automatically say, okay, no more. They might, but they don't have to. Right. So it's really- The same goes for Walt Disney World. It's, it's, it's up to Disney. If they want to, as a private business, if they want to implement a mask mandate, they can. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there is part of me that is like, okay, well, maybe we're getting somewhere to where, you know, the, you know, maybe it's possible to not, you know, be in a Go place where it's the real safe life. to not wear masks. Like, that would be amazing, you know. Um, but I know that there's very different levels of, of sort of the current variant across the country. And, you know, where you are and where you're coming from has a lot to play into it. And you're trying to keep everybody safe at Walt Disney World or Disneyland or any of the other places, you know, um, when it's tourist destination, you're not just dealing with whatever the local numbers are, you're dealing with whatever the numbers are um, in other places. So anyway, um, so that was the news for this week. And welcome back, Charlotte. We lost Charlotte for a minute there. <laughs> it has been the, I don't know what planet controls the internet, but I'm pretty sure it's in retrograde this week because <laughs> I have not had Wi-Fi at one point this morning. Charlotte has now not had Wi-Fi at one point. Knock on wood, Heather's been good so far, but you know, who knows? <laughs> this is weak. And, and usually I'm the one with ha that has the awful right. technology. So yeah, at some we, point we were supposed I to record this yesterday, but because of everything going on, <laughs> so I <laughs> Let's just say this podcast is a, a minor miracle if you're actually hearing it. <laughs> so, so that does for news this week. Uh, stay tuned, and we are going to get into this week's topic, which is what is keeping you from expanding your Disney bubble. All right, let's get into this. First of all, I think I did a very bad, very poor job <laughs> of explaining what this topic was a few weeks ago when we were talking about it. Um, cause this was Heather's suggestion. And then I tried to explain and basically became a giant game of telephone. So <laughs> Heather, I'm going to have you explain again what the original intent was. So the reason that this topic came to me was inspired by my best friend who happens to be in Walt Disney world right now. Um, this is the only place she vacations, the only place I'm not talking about like the only Disney place. Like this is the only place in the world she goes. And then I started thinking like, well, why? doesn't she go to Disneyland? Like I have to pull teeth to get this woman to come visit me. And I'm not talking every year or every six months, but you know, like I've been out here for seven years now. She's been once to visit me. Um, and I just, it's got me wondering why don't more people who are super passionate about Walt Disney World try other 
Disney destinations. I'm not talking about the entire world. I'm not talking about traveling to Europe or, or going through South America. I'm talking specifically, if you go to Walt Disney World two or three times a year, why don't you go to Disneyland or try a Disney cruise? Or maybe why don't you try Disneyland Paris? Maybe that's the next, you know, that's the easiest European or international park. You know, what is holding mm -hmm. you back from trying those things. I'm not even talking about non-Disney. Like, let's stay in our Disney bubble, be happy, be with the mouse, but why aren't you trying other Disney places? Yeah. And so we asked this question and the answers we got weren't entirely the questions we were trying to ask because <laughs> um, people were, were saying, well, this is why I go to Disney destinations instead of anywhere else. But they, I think a lot of them still apply. Um, a big one was too expensive. Right. A lot of people said, oh, well, I, you know, by the time I price out other vacations, I could just go to the place I know. Sure. You know, for know. the same or for less amount of money. Like we've been saying, I feel like the three of us have been saying this for the last year, at least, or, you know, since it reopened. It's not inexpensive to go to Disney World. It's just not. And not mm, yeah. anymore, you know, like I'm, I'm pricing for a family of four at the Polynesian. I just priced this now. It's over $10,000 for just their hotel and park tickets. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's not losing food. That's not including their airfare. You know, it's not including their transfers anymore from the airport. So I think now, again, that's a deluxe resort, but the argument that Disney is cheaper than other places does not hold up anymore. It just simply does not. Well, and I think there's also a misconception that other parks are more expensive or other destinations are more expensive. And I think people just assume, oh, well, you know, I mean, Disneyland's going to be more because it's, I live on the East Coast and it's on the West Coast. So airfare is going to cost more. And, you know, California is so expensive. You know, I think there's this oftentimes a misconception that one park is is more affordable than another park um, and vice versa. I think people in California are like, oh my gosh, I can't go all the way to Florida. That's, you know, and it's so big and it's so, you know, it's so expensive. I, I think price is a big factor for a lot of people, mainly because they haven't actually really priced out sort of an apples to apples comparison. Sure. And I, right. I don't mean to diminish anybody, you know, in your budget and what you can afford. There's a lot of things that I cannot afford. But for me, when I, you know, I kind of like grew up going to Disney World. And at some point I was like, I, I really want to go to Disneyland. And that's before I lived here. And it just became a matter of budgeting. So maybe I couldn't you know, go to Disneyland in the next six months, but I put a little bit of money aside so that in a year and a half, I was ready to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's sure. It maybe it's not as accessible for you. Like I can drive down the street now and go to Disneyland. And it's certainly going to cost me more money to go to Disney world because I have to pay for airfare, but it's doable if I kind of put my intention behind it and just give myself a little bit of time to save money. Yeah. Charlotte, what would you suggest for clients who, are, who, who, are concerned about the price factor? Oh, for the price factor, I would say, you know, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do more vacations. Like a lot of people, if you're, especially like if you're an annual pass holder to Walt Disney World, then you can go like four or five times a year. Maybe you skip one of those trips or two of those trips and go to Disneyland or on a Disney cruise. So I'm not trying to diminish that people might uh, need to budget and save and all of that stuff. But when there's a will, there's a way. And if you want to do it, you're going to make it happen. Um, there's ways to 
fly that are not as expensive as other ways. There's um, value resorts and off property. It's a whole lot better to stay or easier to stay off site at Disneyland than it is at Walt Disney World. So mm-hmm. um, there are definitely ways to do it on a budget and still get the great Disney experience. Mm-hmm. So. I will, I'm going to jump in too because I just had a thought pop into my head. I think I said it to one of you the other day, but like, I just came back from Disneyland Paris where I spent three nights at the Hotel New York, which is considered a deluxe level resort to them. Um, So, you know, figure it's on level of like Wilderness Lodge, right? So for three nights with four days of park hopper tickets and a meal plan for two adults, it cost me $1,500. You can't do that in Florida. You simply cannot do that in Florida. I know it is my job. I do that for a living. Mm -hmm. You can't. So... Yes, I did pay more to pay for airfare, but, you know, I got to experience a new place. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, a, I mean, I think people really underestimate sort of how affordable um, the other parks can be, especially mm-hmm. like Disneyland Paris. I mean, not so much the Asia parks. Those are tend to be certainly much pricier. Sure. Although not even, it, not necessarily, you know, yeah. the actual hotel. It's it's it, with Asia. It's often the airfare that is the deciding factor. But the hotel is not necessarily the hotel. You know, we stayed at um, the first part of our uh, Disneyland uh, Tokyo Disney stay. We stayed at uh, the Ambassador, which is like a moderate, and then we stayed um, at the Disneyland Hotel, which is a deluxe, and it still was not incredibly expensive to stay there. Now, mm-hmm. yes, yes, we had to pay a lot more for airfare, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, it also depends on the conversion rate of what, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, the dollar is doing against whatever the local currency is. That has a lot to do with it, too. So there are sometimes where um, different destinations may be more expensive and sometimes people get that stuck in their head like, oh, I don't know. The last time I priced that out, it was way more expensive. Well, if if the conversion rate has changed, <laughs> that might not be the case anymore, actually. So, yeah, I think like the good takeaway is, is that it. It is doable and it is feasible. You just kind of have to look into it and maybe mm-hmm. wait a little bit longer for your vacation. Don't just mm-hmm. assume it's more pricey. You yeah. know, you can yeah. make it happen. Um, and I just don't use price as a crutch to kind of get locked into. I only go to Disney World. It's my favorite place. It's where I'm happy because right. you could still be happy at Disneyland. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think this this comes into something that we talk about a lot, which is sort of the perception of value versus cost, right? Yes. So when you go to Walt Disney World over and over and over again, and you get comfortable with sort of how much it costs you, because you know what the experience is going to be. And so you right. feel comfortable knowing the value of it, right? You, you, you're familiar with it. You know what you're going to get for your money. And so I think sometimes when people look at the prices, even if the price is similar or even a little bit less, because it's a new place, they're intimidated by, am I still going to get the value out of yeah. that same money? If I go to Walt Disney World again, I know what I'm getting. Yeah, that's sure. true. And and like, okay, so for example, if you are trying to justify or figure out how to do a cruise, for example, there are ways to not spend as much money on a mm-hmm. Disney cruise than other ways. You could book uh, an interior or an ocean view stateroom. If you have a family of four, it may actually be less expensive to book two interior staterooms than one balcony stateroom or mm-hmm. one of each. Um, so there's a lot of ways to make it work for your family and don't just say, well, it's too expensive. Right. Bottom line. And it's not necessarily a good travel agent comes in. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, 
look, Disney cruises are expensive. I am not trying to say that that they are not. However, there are ways to do it that are less expensive than others. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, you know, it, yes, Disney cruises are expensive, but you you can't tell me that Disney World is cheap and that's why I go there and I would never do a Disney yeah. cruise because it's expensive because they're kind of on the same level. They're yeah. on the same level. Mm-hmm. So you don't, like, I, I just feel like this argument about price is kind of negated when you actually start to look into the other destinations. And it's really just about people feeling comfortable and like in their little comfort zone and not wanting to push themselves outside Mm -hmm. of it and try something new because it might be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, that's a good point. Like I've, I had a, have a good client who always wants to go to Walt Disney world. And I keep saying, you need to go to Disneyland or you need to go on a cruise. And his hesitation is, I'm just not sure if I will like it. Sure. Sure. But you don't know until you try. That's exactly what I said. You don't know until you try. And you just, you don't know about anything. You don't know if you're going to like a concert. You don't know if you're going to like a specific movie. Now, yeah, maybe that's less, less money at one time, but you don't know until you do it. So book a, book a short cruise, book a three or four night cruise. And then. But what if you branch out from there? What if you do? What if you just fall in love mm-hmm. with Disney Cruises or Disneyland or Disneyland Paris and you now have these incredible memories of a place that you thought you would never go and you just fell in love with it and you can talk about this for years to come and say, hey, remember that time we were on that cruise and we did this or we got to go to this place and we never mm-hmm. thought we would, but it was so cool. And then Mickey was there. And like, what if you do like it? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually had clients say to me, um, I'm scared to book a cruise because I know I'm going to like it. And then that's all I'm going to want to do. And I can't afford that. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> this is my problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So the next most common response that we got to this question was was interesting to me. And it was, well, the ages of my kids, the ages of my kids are just right for Walt Disney World. Okay. That was unclear to me because I'm not sure why Walt Disney World would be more appropriate for a young kid than Disneyland or Disneyland Paris or a Disney crew. You know, that was an interesting answer I thought that we got a lot of. And um, I think, too, it might have come down to, like, they misunderstood. Like, maybe they thought we were, right. like, why don't you take your kids to Rome? Well, okay, sure. Then that, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, if your kid likes Mickey Mouse, he's going to like Mickey just as much on a cruise ship at, and at Disney World or Disneyland or, like, it's all the same to them. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't know where they are. They just know they're going to Mickey's house. And it's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, look, I get it in terms of, like, if you have to take a long flight there. I mean, like, nobody wants to fly from Atlanta to Tokyo. That's a really long flight. <laughs> um, but there, if especially if the kids are small, they can just curl up in the seat. They're much more comfortable than you are. <laughs> so oh, let me tell you, my son slept all the way to Seoul, no problem. I, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, when we went to uh, Japan, Nora was what, six. And so she could, she put her feet on me and her head on dad or the opposite yep. and just laid oh, down. She was so fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was just fine. And, um, you know, kids are resilient. They'll figure out about the jet lag. They'll, you know, they'll make it work. Um, yeah. And, they'll get over it way faster than you will. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Way so faster. don't let, don't let that their age be a factor in 
the only factor in deciding whether or not to fly a longer distance with them or, mm-hmm. or you know, Hawaii too, like going to Alani. Yeah. Don't let their age be a factor in that. And if anything, I think the the younger that you get them used to traveling, the more likely they are to continue to travel their entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think my I think when we uh, decided to go to Tokyo, my mom wanted to keep Nora. And she was like, well, why are you taking her? I said, well, why wouldn't we take her? If we can, why wouldn't we? Because, yeah. I, you know, this is something that we didn't get to do as kids. And she likes to travel. She wants to go. We're going, you know? Yeah. And we had, um, we, we ended up stopping in LA the night before we saw Heather, we saw Copley, you know, like there are things that she remembers that aren't just Tokyo. She remembers the flight and she remembers all of that stuff. Right. And what a great experience to, to be able to give them. Like if, if you can afford it, like what an incredible experience you're giving to your children to just, Mm -hmm. I went to this place. Oh, do you like, I just feel like kids are much more into exploring than we think that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oftentimes when I, when I hear parents reservations, the reservation, and not that this isn't legitimate, it is legitimate. You know, the reservations are more about what the frustration would be for them Mm -hmm, than it is what it would be for their kid. And I, I get that. I hear that. I do. Nobody wants to be the parent on a plane on a long haul flight with a screaming kid. Like that is a horrifying, and I've been there. Like that is a yeah. horrifying situation. But it happens. Life happens. Kids are kids, and there are so many things that you can do to sort of prepare for the worst eventualities. You know, to make your life a little easier. Um, it, it really is possible to travel extensively um, with young kids and have it be okay and have it be an enjoyable experience, not just for them but also for you. Right. You know, so don't be, don't be scared. <laughs> right. Don't be. Yeah. Scared. And I, it feels like this is what each um, reason is coming down to is the fear of the unknown. Well, I've never mm-hmm. done it before. I'm afraid. Yeah. I think that, uh, every single response that we got, that was at the bottom of it. Yeah. When you drill down and you peel off all the layers. I'm afraid about, of too expensive the, yeah. and food allergies. My kids are too young, you know, like whatever it is, it's fear. Yes, I'm yeah. afraid it's not going to be worth it. Yeah. Right. Which I understand. Like, nobody likes change. It is scary. But, like, for me, traveling anywhere, I don't care whether it's a Disney destination or not, like, I get excited to find a new place. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to find when I get there? Yeah. That's yeah. how. And if you can reframe your mind to think of it like that, then it becomes exciting. And it's yeah. it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um. So those were the basic reasons. And and we're not here to tell you like you're wrong for feeling the way you're feeling. You're, you know, you feel the way you feel, that's it. But we're saying if you can take a breath and take a pause and try to sort of reframe those thoughts and feelings that it might open up a whole other world for you. Yeah. Um, I think one of the responses we got to was about food allergies. And again, I think this comes down to them misunderstanding what we were asking because Disneyland is just as, yeah, (laughs) it is on us, but I'm Disney Cruise Line and Disneyland and even Disney Paris are just as good at dealing with your food allergies or your children's food allergies as Disney World is. Not to say they don't. Paris was fantastic dealing with my food allergies. And please understand, I went to Disneyland Paris, which, yeah. you know, is you went France. to France. I, I don't know how France you went with a wine allergy. <laughs> Not quite sure how you made it home alive. And had zero, <laughs> zero literally zero problems. 
I was and, able to explain my allergy and they were able to understand it. And aside from really sympathetic, you know, responses, <laughs> like, you know, that's horrible. How is it, you know? Um, Can you imagine having to tell the French that you can't drink or eat wine? Like, that to them is hell on earth. Sorry. Oh, no. For- remember that one cast member at um in Disneyland Paris at like I forget what it was called, but it's their version of um the Plaza Inn that we yes, were yes. eating at. Mm-hmm. There, we met one cast member, she had the same allergy. I've literally in my entire life never met anybody else. I had a cast member on Disney Cruise Line have my broccoli and cauliflower allergy. And mm-hmm. I, I was with um our friends Leslie and Caroline and like the two of us and myself and the cast member were like, what? Nobody's ever had it. Like we spent a half an hour just talking to it. Like it was such a bonding <laughs> moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've never, I've literally never met anybody in my entire life in the, in the entire world that has this allergy. So, you know, uh, it was very exciting for me and to find her in France of all places, you know? Yeah. Um, so but it is possible to travel safely. There is always an inherent risk, but it can be managed. And also, um, Disney World doesn't always do it right. Please refer back to the Patreon extra from last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, also, so if you are worried about food, not even allergy, but you're a picky eater, your kids are picky eaters, we found chicken nuggets and hot dogs in Tokyo. You can find food that they will eat anywhere. Um, Hong Kong Disneyland had burgers with Iron Man, like, not gilded what's the branded into the uh-huh. and then like yeah. they might not taste exactly like the burgers we're getting here but they are a burger nonetheless so yeah you'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah you'll be fine they'll be fine when they're i mean they'll they'll eat when they're hungry and they'll eat yeah. a burger even if it's a little bit different yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that does it for this week's episode of the podcast. Coming up next on the Patreon extra, we're getting a birthday update from Heather. Did she get her number one wish for her birthday. Uh, if you want to hear, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess. Um, also be sure to check out DisneyParkPrincess.com. We have our first ever guest blogger. We're very excited that Sue Winter from GoInformed.net uh, contributed to our website. She has a great article on six unique water activities that you can find at Walt Disney World, things that are perfect for a non-park day or just a do less, enjoy more kind of trip. So check out our website. As always, join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, all of that good stuff. Uh, And stay tuned for the Patreon Extra. We will be back next week. And next week is going to be sort of a bit of a mishmash of an episode. We're going to be talking about all sort of the current Disney news. What is the controversy with Minnie's pantsuit? You know, what's going on with characters? When are the parades returning? Um, Can we talk about carpets versus non-carpets in the Walt Disney World Resort Hotels? We have strong feelings. Um, (laughs) When is the dining plan return? All We're going to be circling around on a lot of different things. So uh, please be sure to join us next week. And then the following week after that, I'm warning you guys in advance because I know you guys get upset (laughs) when we're not around for a week. We are taking a week off. So you will get through episode 160 and then there will be a week delay between episode 160 and 161. So so that'll be March 2nd. There will be March, no the March 2nd episode. Yes. We're we actually, but don't be too upset. We're actually going to be together on vacation. We will be together. Enjoying yes. each other's company for the first time in two years. So. That's right. <laughs> and I'm sure we will be posting on the Disney Park Princess social media. So you'll be able to follow along um, on our Virgin Voyages cruise. Knock on wood. Everybody passes and <laughs> tests negative and gets on the ship. So um, that does it. So thank you so much for joining us in episode 159. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.